So I don't know why I started, but I picked up Mario Tennis Aces again. Oh, <laughs> I've been playing Mario Tennis Aces. Nick walked in the other room and I was playing online and I was just wrecking on kids. Mm-hmm. I, can only, I, can only, I can only assume they were kids because I was because they were terrible because they were terrible and I was beating the shit out of them. There are a few <laughs> games. Uh, there are a few games that can that can make me angrier than that game. Oh, that game, Nick, if, remember if I if I lose, I get unreasonably mad. Even though yeah. I don't know not really a whole lot about tennis strategy and I don't really mm-hmm. follow the sport closely, but nothing gets me angrier than losing at Mario Tennis Aces. I don't know, man. Nick, remember when we played a season of Rocket League together? Oh, okay, that's, oh, rock- well, that one's the top by far. Okay, yeah. yeah. There's, there's zero games that are more frustrating than Rocket League. Zero. Rock- because- Rocket League's frustrating, though, because it's hard. It's it's hard Rocket- it's- no, 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 it's not hard. Rocket League is frustrating because we're bad at it. Yes. Both of those things. Yes, that's what I meant. Yes, it's, I'm not good at it, and therefore it's very upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> but losing in a tennis match and then it feeling the way I do, especially if, like, you barely miss that last shot or it feels like you got cheated because it broke your racket or whatever. Like some of that bullshit that happens, it completely justifies everything John McEnroe did in his entire career. In <laughs> you my, can yeah. be serious. He's, yeah. he's a, I actually bought a poster of him. He's my hero. Really? Interesting. That's kind of weird, but mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I definitely, uh, I definitely feel like that energy is tapped into every time I, I, I lose a game of Mario Tennis Aces. You see, I, I've got it. Me. So, so I, uh, I've that's this, Mario Tennis Aces is the first game that I played PvP like in a long time. I'm not a PvP player, and my record right now for this month since I started playing, I think on Wednesday, it's like 26 and six on the tournament. Oh, yeah. you're, you're doing so, well. I'm doing well, but I'm doing well, but I'm I'm pretty good at the game. I'm I'm not bad at it. I'm not bad at it. I'm, I would consider myself slightly above average. But yeah. if I'm going through a tournament and I play somebody who is clearly better than me, I get wrecked. I I, I get wrecked like hard. Like I'm like, oh, this I have no chance on this one. It sounds kind. It sounds <laughs> you know immediately. <laughs> it sounds kind of stupid, but yeah, exactly. You kind of play more tennis aces you know immediately if the person you're playing against is better than you oh this is how you play the game (laughs) oh this oh it's like going up against a doll at the french open like oh this is just gonna happen i'm gonna get swept it's it's all geometry (laughs) don't you understand like did you not take geometry in high school (laughs) (laughs) it's all all angles luke don't you understand the angles (laughs) you don't get it (laughs) are we sure that's how tennis actually works the same thing pools the same thing yeah, pool's the same see, thing. I, pool I think I, tennis is the same thing. See, yeah. I know pool. I know pool is geometry because of that Drake and Josh episode where he said, "Oh, it's just geometry." Nick, yeah. exactly. he just wrecked everybody. The the sticky things are different, but oh um, shit, Nick. But yeah, it's it's the same game. And one of the balls are harder, but other than that, you know, it's the same same sport. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> along for the before cinema podcast this is episode number nine uh we have eric hey hello hello and we have nick what up and i am luke and i am introducing this for the first time in nine episodes because changes why not changes changes um going through changes nick that's the one i was going with yeah i think uh all of us were trying to avoid that um Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no, no, okay. Yeah. I was, I, 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 I'm, I'm the host now, and I've lost complete control of the podcast. <laughs> I could have sworn I felt an encore. You have to rule with an iron fist, Luke. <laughs> I know. I saw the new guard, and I was like, oh, yeah. Dude, <laughs> oh, is this, is this a sub? Is this a sub? <laughs> oh, the oh, sub is here? 
Make oh. the sub cry. <laughs> I was a substitute teacher host of the podcast. I'm already, I'm already crying. Uh, I play, uh, when we're playing a rock band and I beat uh, somebody's high score, I beat somebody's high score. They usually give you a chance to um, send a taunt. And one of the taunts was, um, so, so-and-so said, you make substitute teachers, teachers cry and you beat your score by so-and-so. <laughs> like, That's the best fucking taunt in the game. <laughs> Mm. So okay, I'm losing track of the of the podcast already. <laughs> yeah, not so easy, is it, huh? No, it isn't so easy. But I'm gonna make it look easy right now. So here's okay. what's gonna happen. <laughs> Damn, you were doing good. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I see. Well, I I get self conscious as soon as I start feeling confident. Mm. Yes. <laughs> confidence <laughs> confidence is very com- scary. <laughs> the hard the hard yeah. thing for me is confidence. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. Because every time yeah. I feel it. I get terrified. Yeah. I, I feel it. I, I'm like, oh, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> Slow your roll there, buddy. <laughs> Stay in your lane, okay? <laughs> okay. You're good, oh. man. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and pivot back into trying to explain what's going to happen here. So uh, we do something a little different each episode, and today we're going to keep that kind of trend going. We're going to try something a little different today, and we're going to. Um, this is taking direct inspiration from, uh, honestly, one of all of our favorite shows on ESPN. Believe it or not, because sports, we like sports. I don't know if you can tell that about our losing fantasy football team just mentioned in the past episodes, but sports. I think now ESPN has a show they call "Pardon the Interruption." And it's basically just a talking head kind of debate style show, but with two hosts that we loved to death tony kornheiser and michael wilbon shout out to them but the way they kind of they kind of function uh, go with their show is rapid fire debate topics that we spend a little bit of time that they spend a little bit of time with and then just move on to the next one we've always wanted to kind of try to do that so we're going to give that a shot this time and i'm going to go ahead and moderate uh a, a, a series of topics i believe we have four of them off the bat a series of topics that i'm going to go ahead and give to eric and nick they're going to go ahead and talk about it. And their thing is, too, they have a time limit because, well, it's a ESPN syndicated show, it's half an hour time block. We don't really, but we're going to institute a time limit just so we can kind of keep things on track and try and keep things moving at a faster pace. So with that in mind, um, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the first topic. Uh, Eric and Nick are going to go ahead and give their thoughts. I might chime in here and there, but I'm going to mainly serve as moderator they're going to have five minutes of time to go ahead and just talk about what they want to do and all movie related stuff because before cinema this is pti but it's bci don't think about what that actually means because it doesn't make because <laughs> it, it doesn't actually make any sense before cinema interruption <laughs> before cinema interruption with a question mark at the end <laughs> i'm ron Burgundy. all right so first topic is going to be Wait, I got to pull up my notes tab. Damn it. Hold up. These fucking hosts, man. I swear <laughs> to God, you can't get, get help these days. <laughs> I have the worst fucking lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So here's the first one. So I'm going to give you four directors and your guys' tasks is going to be, you're going, you're going to, you're investors and you want to invest stock in these guys. So you're basically going to be giving your future to these people for five years. And you're going to pick which directors you want to invest in, or so to speak. Okay. So it's going to be Jordan Peele, Ari Aster, Greta Gerwig, Ryan Coogler. And start the timer, go. 
Okay, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking about this in two ways. So one, I'm thinking, okay, am I investing to get a lot of money back or am I investing because I, 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 I want to watch more of their content? And I think those might be two different answers for me because I'm thinking, okay, who is going to make the most bankable movies out of these four? Yeah. And I have a hard time not picking uh, Ryan Coogler on that one. I mean, the Black Panther was a smash success. He's already on track to make Black Panther 2, which we actually don't know the direction of that uh, because of the passing of uh, Chadwick Boseman. But regardless, it's going to make a crap ton of money. So if you're thinking, okay, who's going to have the blockbusters that are going to really, you know, take it to the bank? I mean, I, I feel like Brian Coogler is the guy. But I'm talking about, okay, whose work am I maybe the most interested in seeing? I think it might be Ari Aster. And Ari Aster. Ari Aster is Hereditary and uh, Midsummer. Yeah, I mean, because all of these guys, all, all of the, uh, the directors that we're talking about are, are fairly newish directors. Not a lot of whole films, but they're all breaking into the scene and making really great stuff so yeah. we don't know what that trajectory is going to look like though they don't have a super long list right no but, not a whole lot Greta Gerwig ha probably has a longer list uh, as an actress than she does as a director yeah oh for sure yeah yeah but um but I don't know Ari Aster man Midsummer and Hereditary were just so different and I, I have a hard time not being maybe slightly more interested in his work than the others. What do you think, Eric? He's got a vision. And I like it. I like his vision too. And I, I, I was looking at this question the exact same way, but the funny thing is I picked two completely different people. So uh, again, the, the, <laughs> the other two completely different people. The, the other, the other, <laughs> I wonder who you think I'm going to pick. Um, the, uh, <laughs> I picked the other people because um, I, I completely agree. I, I'm looking at it. Whose work am I more excited to see? And whose work do I think will be uh, the most successful and the biggest draw? And I personally, if I'm looking at like investing, investing in the sense of like monetary value and like success, probably I'm thinking Jordan Peele. Um, I, 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 it, this may just be me, but I feel like he's sort of becoming the Daniel Day-Lewis of directors in the sense that when he does something, everybody's watching and everybody has their eyes on it. But he's not like doing things left and right. He did Get Out. He did Us. And I don't know. I, he's produced a lot of stuff in the past few years. Um, not to but, mention that. Not to mention that he's also created created uh, the Twilight Zone, which is on CBS All Access, plus uh, Lovecraft Country, which is on HBO. But he's, he's doing, not. He's, he's not. He's not directing any of those. He's just helped create them. Correct. Yes. Correct. He's just financed them. So yeah. So I think when it comes to his projects, his personal projects that he's written and or directed, I think all eyes are on there. And first, Get Out and Us have been massive successes so i think people are super super eager to see what he has next and horror is in a bit of a renaissance we talked about in our, one of our last pods and so i think that it's it's a massive draw for people but personally if i'm looking at movies that i want to watch i i have been in love with Gerwig's Gerwig's projects of lady bird and um uh, little women so far uh, Little Women, I, I talked about this in length, I think, when we did our Oscars pod, and I am not a fan of period pieces. And she made me fall in love with uh, a, a period piece, which is crazy. I, the, more I, the more time that goes on, the, just, the more intensely I want to rewatch Little Women. It is such a good movie, and the acting all around is phenomenal. Um, and and it, it's such a well-told story. I, I think it's a beautiful movie. And Lady Bird, again, with Saoirse Ronan, is just 
That was one of the best movies I saw that year. It, 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 her vision and her her style of movie making, and 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 you know, for being such a, a young director and having that that vision, she has it together. She doesn't seem like she's finding her voice yet. She feels like it's, it's, it's she. Her movies feel like that she's found herself, and she knows what kind of movies she wants to make, and she knows what she wants to say. And it, it's such an impressive thing to to watch and so I, I i really really am excited to see her next projects but if i'm if i'm trying to make a lot of money here i'm thinking jordan peele is probably the way i go snap decision real quick you're picking one the rest of their filmography for the rest of their careers who are you taking jordan peele i am taking ryan coogler i think both of those are very solid picks because neither of them have a miss really uh creed one and creed two were fantastic ryan coogler not even to mention fruitvale station and also once again uh black panther but jordan peele only has two directorial debuts but both of them were so unique and so incredible uh so unique and so incredible and not something that eric didn't quite mention but stylish it was in a style and it was in a specific way that he could that he did that that you made it, this is a Jordan Peele film. It was uh, autorish. It was a very much so like an, an autorous film. And Jordan Peele having that on his first try, incredible. Yeah. So, okay, that is time on that. So we're going to move on to the next section. All right, next one, I'm not completely shamelessly. We're just going to steal an entire section from PTI. We're doing buy or sell. And so I'm going to give you a topic. You are going to buy it, which means you're going to either buy it, which means you agree with it, or you're going to sell it, which means this is bullshit. Five minutes. Buy or sell. The drive-in movie is here to stay, or it's just a COVID escape. Five minutes. Go. It's a COVID escape. Ah. So you think so? You're gonna sell it's on a, it? It's a COVID escape. Yeah. No, I, 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 I think it's a super cool thing. I think it's a very, um, I think it's a very uh, vintage sort of you know retro kind of thing that people are doing now. It's a cool way to bring drive-in movies back. But I'm sorry, nothing's gonna beat the Alamo draft house for me and going and sitting down, getting a shake and, and watching a movie in a, in a room where, you know, uh, I, I think it's a cool idea and a cool atmosphere, but I, I, I personally like the movie theater experience best. Um, I still have, I do, I am mad at myself. I still have yet to actually experience a drive-in movie. I have not gone since um, one, they're more expensive than, uh, than uh, movies right now. Um, I think personally um, slightly, but still more expensive. And I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think that, yes, you're in your car and yes, it's just you and whoever is with you, but I don't, it doesn't replace the feeling of being in a movie theater to me. I like the, the, the movie theater atmosphere, the experience, the walking into and sitting in your seats and, and having your, 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 your experience with the entire room. You know, I've been in movies where I've had experiences with the entire room and that was cool. Watching Get Out for the first time was, was, was pretty cool. It wasn't as great as some people's experiences, but it was still pretty cool to see and hear how people reacted. I've also had bad movie theater experiences. Like my first time watching Hereditary was absolutely awful. It was the worst movie experience I've ever had. But would I, would I trade it for anything? Probably not. I, I mean, it's, it's kind of the, the novelty of going to see a movie in the theaters. Um, seeing gravity for the first time was, 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 was awesome. And so I, I don't think anything could replace seeing movie in the theaters for me. So, okay. Picture it. Sicily. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> I've used that joke several times over there. I love it. I love it. But, uh, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to actually buy it. And here's why I have gone to the drive-in a couple of times now um i've gone to a couple of different ones and the first one we went to was one kind of close uh close by over here 
and it was okay, but it was clearly a very low budget, low effort experience. I'm talking like they had like a little table with a projector that's like used for your house. Oh man. It's put up on a big screen. It was okay. But in your mind, well, let, let me, let me, let me keep going. That would never take the place of a movie theater. Just ever that, that, that place is going to be gone once the movie theaters, hopefully God come back. But, Six Flags has actually got themselves a drive-in theater now. And it is a much more professional experience. Uh, we just saw Pulp Fiction last night, actually, um, at the Six Flags drive-in. And you go in, there's a clear uh, direction to get you to where you need to go. Um, it was not expensive. It was $20 for the car. So that's 10 bucks a ticket. Oh, that's, wow. That's not expensive. Um, there's a food truck there where you can order online from your phone and you can order food like full meals. So we got gourmet hot dogs and there was also a snack bar that you could order with a QR code that they show on the screen. So you can order that from your phone as well. So food drinks, all of that to your car and you, uh, and you're, the driving experience now, right now, because of COVID restrictions, obviously, um, they don't allow people to kind of spread out a little bit, get out of your car, get into a chair and all that. But it was a much more professional experience. And it was really, really nice, especially if you have like a truck bed where you can kind of set up a chair or you have blankets down. I heard somebody pumping up an air mattress over by. I mean, were they I even think, trying to watch the movie, though? I think there is a <laughs> market for this. It's not as big, but with the struggles that movie theaters are going through, I have a feeling that they're going to take some time to get back up and, and running the way that they're supposed to. And in that meantime, I think a lot of people are going to start doing this. I personally like being in my own little pod where I'm not super affected by the audience around me. There is nothing more infuriating to me than hearing kids talking or hearing babies crying or hearing people talking during the movie or shining their phones, all that stuff is completely irrelevant in this driving experience. So I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm the minority in thinking this, but for real professional setups like that, where you have food trucks coming in and a great you know, online uh, service as well, I, I think there might be something there. Like I, like I said, driver movies are here to stay. <laughs> no um, let me, um let me. i think i'm disadvantaged in the sense that you're right i haven't been to one so i didn't know that the one that you went to the first time i think was the, was was a little more expensive than i think i've, I've paid at a, at a, at a drive-in movie or at a movie before so that's why that's what the information i was going on but you're right i i i, I that that deal you had at six flags sounds pretty awesome um i i just don't think that you can get the same experience in in your car that you could in a room and that, and that's, that's eventually going to, I think drive away, movie, drive movies, driving movies again. Like, they were really big with making out and, you know, you know, teens fooling around back in, you know, the, the grease days. And I think that was a big draw for them. And I just, that's not our society really. I don't think anymore. It's just not like what people do. Um, <laughs> let me, let me, let me ask y'all this real quick before one question. So, um, so tenant as of right now is really the only big budget movie that tried making another push for, theaters and the theater moving and going experience as of right now it's still the only movie in your guys' opinion real quick do y'all think that movies have big budget like tenant with wide releases do you think they should try and pivot towards a drive-in theater or just wait and move digital 
I would hate to experience Tenet in a driving movie. Yeah, yeah. I have to agree, actually. Okay. Um, I think the drive-in theater is great for a certain type of movie, but there is just going to be no replacement for watching something like Tenet. Christopher, like Christopher Nolan. Yeah, exactly. Christopher Nolan has no place in the drive-in movie theaters. With his, his movies being as technically uh, marvelous as they are, they, they don't thrive there. Yeah. Okay. And, and that, that's uh, a tenant also kind of encompassing movies like Dune and Black Widow and stuff like that. That would also be technically marvelous and stuff. Okay. Just, just wanted to get your thoughts on that. And that's time for that. Cool. So we're moving on to our next one. God, I'm nope. winning the fuck out of this. <laughs> <laughs> am, am I Tony Kornheiser? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're moving on to another buy or sell. So buy or sell. The pandemic has changed the viewing habits of viewers and the industry will respond accordingly. So this was an interesting question because I need to, I need to maybe be a convinced that my own biases and my own uh, perception of this is actually the broad perception. It's not just me as a person, but do you feel that you tend to be watching more shows on Netflix or more shows on Amazon that don't necessarily make you feel so bleak. Like you're almost looking for something a little bit peppier, a little bit brighter. Cause that's me right now. I, right yeah. now what I've been watching on HBO max is fresh Prince. I love it. Oh, I, it's such so a good. relaxing thing to, you know, get done with work and then go and sit down with dinner and just watch some fresh Prince for about an hour or two. And it's so relaxing. I'm not seeing myself drawn to watching anything heavy just because the world is so heavy right now. Yeah, I'm, um, the, sa- I'm the same way, man. I, I'm watching a psych in my own personal spare time. And me and my fiance, when we watch something, we just got done watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine together. And so mm-hmm. those are some of the easiest shows you can watch, I think, in my opinion. And they're just, they have such little consequence to them. I find myself when I watch something and someone does something shitty, I take it a lot harder than I used to. And I take it more personal. I'm like, you motherfucker. Why did you have to do that? You, you know, that's not what they needed to do. And it just, I was, I get so mad that people can be so shitty (laughs) in a scripted piece of media. It's so upset. And so it just, I take it. Yeah. I take it personally. And so I, I, I know myself, I am watching happier things. I am watching lighter things. And I think that's, that's kind of where things are going. I, 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 I no research to base this off of, but I feel like more and more projects coming out are ending on happier notes, are ending on, on more, or more acceptable outcomes than they, than they maybe used to. Okay, so you guys are talking about your, the way you uh, are consuming media, consuming television, movies, anything. You, were, you guys are looking for something that'll be happy, more uplifting because of the way the world is this heavy. Now, this is where the buyer sell portion of this comes. Do you think the industry is going to be responding according to those kind, types of beliefs and to those kinds of habits? Maybe people are just wanting something a little more happier, a little more upbeat. Do you think that's going to happen? So here's, here's why I want to say yes, because... So, so I'll buy. Got it. I, I think, yeah, I think I'm buying this because the reason that this even topic kind of made sense to me is because I really, really felt it when I finally finished Shit's Creek. And the way Shit's Creek ended 
was about as perfect and happy and light and heartwarming than I, I, I don't know if you can remember uh, very many series that just made the person at home feel like they just had a warm blanket kind of thrown over them in, in such a positive way. Um, the Good Place kind of did it. The Good Place was very nice like that. The Good too. Place, Park, I think Parks, was, and Rec, Parks and Rec was also great like that too. The yes, Good Place yes, was yes. the perfect way to end yes. that show. Agreed. Yeah. And those are the kinds of things I think that are getting a really strong reaction um, right now, as opposed to like the really heavy type of Breaking Bads or Mad Men's, um, uh, The Sopranos. Like those are, there's always going to be a place for those because it's fantastic media. But I think you are, we're already starting to see that trend. And I think even more now, it's being even more sought after. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like it was already kind of heading that direction, maybe kind of counterbalance some of that really heavy stuff. And it, I think it might be even more of a success now, but that's me. You know, I, me and my fiance earlier in the pandemic, we started Ozark. She, um, she watched it, but didn't keep up with it. And so, but I've been wanting to watch it for a long time. And she said, you know, you know, when you start watching it, let me watch it with you so we can go ahead and, and keep on going. Um, and so we moved into our house and we started watching it and I was loving it and she was liking it, but she wasn't in love with it. I didn't really, you know, just didn't have that desire to keep going. And it didn't make sense to me because I was like, that's so good. But as I kept watching, I, I'm, I'm only like, I think two or, or two episodes, three episodes into the second season. And I have no desire to go back to it. That, move, that, that show was just too frustrating and anxiety inducing. And I just did not want to deal with it. I, I, <laughs> I couldn't do it. It's such a good show. The acting is great. I love the characters, but I just, I, I, I don't have, I don't have the, the stress available for that show. <laughs> and so I didn't want to deal with it. So that's why we went to Brooklyn nine nine. That's why I'm on psych. I plan when we, I plan to go into the golden girls here very soon again. Um, <laughs> again. <laughs> um, and so I just, I, yeah, that, that's, that's how I feel. Uh, one addendum that I want to add here. Time is up. So we're going to move on to the last topic. But one addendum, addendum I want to add here is that we, this, uh, this section was almost exclusively television. And I don't think that was by design because I don't think it was by design that we want to only talk about television. But I think television is going to be the, the medium that we're going to feel this the most because yeah. it's the most easily accessible one. And most easily accessible one, we're going to be seeing the most the quickest results from it too when they just get dropped on Netflix, when they get dropped on Netflix uh, or Hulu, Amazon Prime, whatever. But there's also just still kind of this freeze on the movie industry in general. This is kind of this freeze in the movie industry in general. People are still a little hesitant to go back to theaters and they don't want to go to theaters kind of in fear, kind of sort of a little bit, just very, very um, apprehensive to go towards this. So I want to, I'm not hundred percent certain if I, if I myself would be willing to buy, this is going to translate over to the film medium, but for the television industry, I actually would personally buy it myself too. That I think they might start pivoting towards more upbeat and more, classic sort of stuff i mean hell i know it was already this is pre-pandemic but anime animaniacs is coming back on hulu and that's about as light and easy and funny and hilarious as you can get yeah yeah looking forward to that one yeah so, so we all we all bought that unless, yeah i even i would probably agree with that i the jury's out on the film industry for myself but i 100 could buy it on um, could buy it uh for the television industry yeah all right guys last topic and uh, if, in my opinion, when we were coming up with this, I think this is probably the most important one we have to talk about. 
Okay. I agree. Okay. So swap their careers and who ends up more successful, Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt? <laughs> go. You take so, the first one, Eric. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> you go so, first. No, you go first. No, you go first. Hey, I was the first one who didn't want to go first. <laughs> I was the first one who wanted to go first. All right. So, um, so I actually did some, some research on this, and I looked up their careers. And I was trying to see how much of their actual filmography I've seen, and I, I learned that I haven't seen nearly as much Brad Pitt as I have Tom Cruise. I've seen a lot more Tom Cruise, which is very interesting. Um, but I've seen some good Brad Pitt. I've seen Fight Club. I've seen um, uh, Inglorious Bastards. And I've seen Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So I've seen the Interview best Interview with Brad a vampire? I've, no, I've never seen that. But oh, I've seen okay, the best Brad Pitt. So um, I, I would say. But I've seen a lot of Tom Cruise. And so I was going through and I was, I was trying to say, okay, is, if Tom Cruise is in the movie, are they better? Are they the same or are they worse? So I was going through and I was looking at it. I was like, okay, Fight Club. Do I think Tom Cruise would be as good as Brad Pitt in Fight Club? And I have to say either same or worse. He would not be better, but same or worse. So he would not exceed Brad Pitt. And I think this is because Tom Cruise is is a really good actor that he could be the same, but he could not be better, I don't think. Because, I mean, Brad Pitt just, he fucking bodies that role. And so then I, look at, then I look at Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And if you watch Mr. and Mrs. Smith closely, I know this isn't a super, super popular one, but I fucking love this movie <laughs> with all my heart. And so if you look at Brad, mm-hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Smith super closely, um, not super closely, but just watch it. Brad Pitt's kind of an idiot. He's a dumb-dumb. He's a, he's a trained killer, but he's kind of an idiot in this movie. And I just, in everything I've seen in, in, with Tom Cruise, he doesn't really have that like lovable idiot kind of vibe. Um, he, he's too, he takes himself a little too seriously. He's a little too put together and everything. So he's definitely worse in Mr. and Mrs. Smith than he is in, um, than, than Brad Pitt. What about your favorite movie of all time? Burn after reading. Uh, I can see, uh, same, same, but in different way. So Brad Pitt is super douchey, but super lovable. Um, and and I, 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 this, Hey, Brad Pitt's so good in this movie. He's super douchey. He said in an interview one time that, um, that, that uh, Angelina Jolie was actually unattracted to him for the first time in her life during the movie <laughs> because of how awful he was. And I love it. But, so I think Tom Cruise is probably the same, if not worse. Because uh, I, I can see him being douchey, but in a different way. And again, a little bit more put together kind of way. So I, I probably lean towards worse there. Now, I'm not going to go through their entire filmography because we only have like so long. So I'm sorry for doing that so far. But um, I looked back and forth and... For, for just take a few of them here from uh from tom cruise's side a few good men i think tom cruise is a much better actor and i in this movie and i think he represents up worse um it is not the right role for him eyes wide shut tom cruise is just a small guy in this movie he's so small um for those of you that have never seen this movie i love this movie and tom cruise you know, he's he's trying to get back at his wife for fantasizing about ruining their entire life for cheating on him for one night and so he's trying to figure out a way to get back at her and he's just such a small and sad kind of guy and i just don't see brad pitt pulling that off believably i mean look at the guy right so i i i deal with the one the one movie i think that tom cruise actually does worse than brad pitt is tropic thunder i think tropic thunder brad pitt fucking kills it in tropic thunder and, and really and yeah I, I people believe that tom cruise is the only one who can play that role sometimes i but i nah i think brad pitt easily makes that 10 times funnier 
because Tom Cruise just isn't interesting. naturally a funny guy, I think. I, I, he did great in that movie, but I think Brad Pitt just fucking wrecks it. I think it's hilarious. Um, so I look at both of them. I think Tom Cruise is the better actor, the better performer. And so I think he actually does uh, a, a little worse in in some of his uh in some of his uh in some of brad pitt stuff but i think brad pitt definitely does worse in most of tom cruise's stuff because tom cruise is the better actor and has the more serious roles i think so i personally i think tom cruise ends up more successful if he takes brad pitt's career all right nick well, now that Eric's done defending his dissertation, um, <laughs> I, guess, uh, I guess I'll go ahead and uh, I took this one shot. really seriously. <laughs> I can see that. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to look at it from a different angle because I actually don't disagree with most of what you said. Um, and I looked at both of their filmographies and I came to a similar conclusion in that I think Brad Pitt's physique kind of makes certain roles inaccessible to Tom Cruise. Uh, stuff like Troy, um, stuff like... Uh, I don't know, maybe even Mr. and Mrs. Smith, too. Maybe. Um, something like Snatch, maybe. I don't know. Fight, Fight Club, Club, I think, for sure. I don't think I... Yeah, I, I don't think I could see Tom Cruise doing that. Um, in the same way where I couldn't really see Brad Pitt doing um, really any of the Mission Impossibles. He just doesn't have that that same level of, I think... Uh, I don't know. Or, like Blockbuster, um, franchise-carrying like- charisma. Yeah, he, he, I don't know. Maybe Ernest. There's just something there. Yeah, I don't know. maybe. I don't know what it is, but I just don't think that Brad Pitt could do like a Mission Impossible. It's just, it's just not. It doesn't feel right. I think Tom Cruise feels like more of like a generic movie star, like of the old school kind. Yeah. So I don't know, but maybe He's so that's just serious me. in a lot of his stuff. Could Brad yeah. Pitt have pulled off Top Gun? Yeah, I put yeah, here he'd easily. Be same, he'd be yeah. the same or better in Top Gun. It's, okay, yeah, good. same. I think honestly. Um, yeah, okay. I, I don't see a whole lot of change there, but um, and same thing with something like Jack Reacher. Right, Jack Reacher. I don't think there's much difference there. Um, also though, I think one that's interesting would be something like Last Samurai. I think that could be interesting with Brad Pitt hmm. in it. I don't know oh. how good he'd be in it, yeah. but I think I'd want to see it. Yeah, I would need to see that one. I, I think it. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah, because I'm looking here, man. Tom Cruise was, like, really a movie star. Like, back when movie stars were, like, a real thing. Like, looking at things like Minority Report. Um, a Few Good Men. Yeah. A Few Good Men. Like, I mean, there's really, like, an old school kind of vibe to Tom Cruise. Um, and Brad Pitt kind of felt more artsy in a lot of ways, you know? Like, he's definitely been a little bit more picky and choosy with his roles. Especially with Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> um. <laughs> but definitely later in his career he's uh he, he's definitely been a little bit more choosy with his roles and yeah. the projects he gets himself into um so but I, i'm looking at this do i see a role in which you swap either of them in and they end up winning an oscar that the other guy was maybe not even nominated for or couldn't couldn't bring home and one that interests me is i, I think about Tom Cruise in Inglorious Bastards. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and stick with me here. He doesn't have that same gruffness. He doesn't have that same kind of, uh, that same kind of uh, physical kind of intimidation that Brad Pitt's character had in Inglorious Bastards. But I think he takes it in a direction that, uh, that gives that character maybe a, a, a little bit more of a dynamic feel. 
I, I can't. I mean, I personally was intimidated by him in Rock of Ages, so I think he has it. <laughs> I, I think he Tom could. Cruise is too prim and proper for that role. I think. I I I don't think he. Oh, no, I don't think he has that role in him to to pull it off in the same way. I, for Unglorious Masters, I wrote worse. Worse, you do? Yes, I, I think don't he, know, man. I, I think he ends up. He's a he's a good actor. He's a I, in my opinion, he's a more talented actor. Even though he doesn't have an Oscar, he's a more talented actor actor than Brad Pitt. But I think he ends up worse than Glorious Bastards just because that role demands what Brad Pitt was able to give, and I don't think that Tom Cruise has that in him. So I don't One, know. I, I'm I'm intrigued by the idea. One thing that I'll bring up real quick is uh, they both have they both have you know movie star like caliber. I guess roles and stuff like that uh, just throughout their entire careers. But uh, one thing that's interesting is I want to say Brad Pitt has just taken on more pure supporting roles in his, in his career as well as Tom Cruise. He was either the star or he was a, or he was a cameo where he probably got paid a shit ton of money or the, one of the only, interestingly, one of the only movies I can think of where Tom Cruise was a, just a straight supporting role was rock of ages, which is a very average. Okay. Movie. But Brad Pitt, that's, you, that's giving a little bit of credit. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. But uh, Rocket, I mean, I'm sorry. But Brad Pitt had, you know, Twelve Years a Slave. He was also in uh, The Big Short, where he was just a straight supporting role, part of a much larger story. Does Tom Cruise really fit in those kind of roles either? I don't. Yeah, and I think that's a good point because I don't think so. I think Tom Cruise is a top billing movie star, except think- for Tropic Thunder. Where oh, he, but, yes. but even then, Trumpet Thunder, it was, a, it was almost a gimmick. It was almost it was like, a gimmick, oh, yeah. It was a gimmick. It was like... They, they actually they, they kept it really well hidden. They, 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 exactly. Yeah, it was, it was always supposed to be a surprise, which is kind of fascinating to me. But the, even then, you're, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Brad Pitt's more of like a... He, he can definitely lead a movie. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. You always feel like Smith. he's a... Okay. <laughs> you mentioned that one a lot. Okay. Um, okay. What, the, the thing about Brad Pitt, though, is that you, you almost feel like he's kind of like that, like that piece of a puzzle that makes usually things better, though. Like, he probably complements a movie better than Tom Cruise really could, whereas Tom okay. Cruise kind of has to be that, that guy. Okay. With all this being said, do we, Eric, already you gave your judgment that you'd believe Tom Cruise would be more successful in Brad Pitt's career. Nick, do you have a judgment? Uh, yeah. I think at the end of the day, um, I think at the end of the day, I think Brad Pitt um, has a filmography that Tom Cruise can do some good stuff in. Um, I think I'd give his chances in uh, something like *Inglorious Bastards* a shot. So I, I think I'd rather see that. I think I'd rather see Tom Cruise in Brad Pitt's career. Cool. All right, that is all we've got for BCI. Yay! All right, where's the, where's the, where's the cinema interrupted? Where's the? <laughs> What's the next? Uh, happy the happy happy times. So happy birthday, happy trails, happy anniversary. I got nothing. We, no, we, we didn't, get, we didn't, we didn't get, plan for this. We didn't get to mailbag. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll do that next time. Well, I'll, I'll ask people in my in my Twitch community for questions. As ridiculous Sick. as it can be. Yeah. So. You want to do suggestions? Yeah, yeah, suggestions. Who's got Who's got something? Um, uh, I think. Oh, I know. I know what Lucas has. Oh, You're goddamn right. You know what I have. I know what Lucas and has. And it's going to be telling of when we exactly when we started recording this. What yeah. It's going to exactly tell what it's going to be. But yeah. Why don't you just kick it off then? All right. I was almost on the verge of tears because <laughs> I texted you guys. I want to cry. LOL. Exactly that. When Nick sent us that system of a down release new music. Mm, they yeah. release new music. Yeah. There's two songs I have been blasting on repeat over for 
the, the entirety of the past two days since they started since they dropped it oh we're, we're leaving when we recorded this maybe out, out of date who cares fucking system of a down is here it's amazing <laughs> uh they've they have indicated that this is not a, a part of a larger trend this is a very isolated incident them making these two songs because they uh they want to bring awareness to what's going on in their homeland of Artsakh and their homeland of Artsakh because Azerbaijan is committing war crimes against them so they wanted to bring that uh to the forefront so they created these two songs the two songs are amazing i absolutely i absolutely love the second one genocidal humanoids and protect the land is growing on me more and more as i listen to it so guys if you if you have been waiting 15 years like i have for them to release new music please give them a shot and please donate to them to the cause if you feel so because this is something that they feel strongly about that they came out of their hiatus for so i'm all in my system of a down cool i mean i, I listen to those two songs uh, and and really humanoid uh genocide of humanoids Just, yeah. really stuck out yeah that was it's a really good. They still song. got juice, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. They 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 sound just like they did 15 years ago or so. I love mm-hmm. it. I loved it. Okay. Um, for me, I uh, I want to recommend a show because um, I think it's one that really has flown under the radar, but quietly has six seasons now. That doesn't really get talked about a whole lot, but it's really really good, and uh, that's Superstore. Oh yeah, Superstore. Superstore yeah. Super yeah. is back. It's it. Um, I think uh, this season is actually a big one because America Ferrara is actually leaving the show. Really? She's the one who's at the, mm-hmm. yeah, she's the one at the head of it. But Superstore very quietly, I believe, if you just take it on a joke for joke basis, comedy, just pure comedy wise, it's right there with some of the better shows that came out um, in the last ten years or so. We're talking like or 20 years or so, because we're talking about The Office, talking about Parks and Rec. Joke for joke, it is so, so funny. There are very few shows that every new scene, every new bit that comes out, I laugh at least once in every bit. It just, it, it, it is such a joy to watch. And it's in that trend too. We're talking about like a show that's just lighter, that makes yeah. you feel good about stuff. Because... I think most of us um, here weren't born millionaires. So all of us have worked in retail at some point or another. We know the people in this show. They did such a good job of crafting characters that you absolutely can relate to because all of us have worked that job before, right? Yep. It's such, it's such a good show. It's, it's very human and they've done a really good job and America for is leaving now. So I don't know how they're going to handle it afterwards, but they did a really good job of doing the will they won't they, and then making the will they won't they happen. And they did. And then the show just kind of like put it in the background where it belongs and still made it like heartwarming to see them go, but not making it feel stale either. They didn't focus the entire show on that. Will they, won't they even after, which is what a lot of people actually criticize the office for like Jim and Pam were at the forefront after kind of the, the drama of their relationship was pretty much gone and they were just happy and they didn't let other characters maybe shine in front of them more than they could have. And this show didn't make that mistake. And I think it should be credited for that, credited for that too. So really love Superstore. Give it a shot. All of it's on Hulu. Um, I, I, I really do hold it in that high of a regard. It's a very funny show that I just don't see talked about a lot. Cool. Eric? Um, one for Superstore. Yeah, I, I, sometimes I'll, I'll turn on, the, the, if it has new episodes on Hulu, I'll turn it on and I'll watch it. Yeah, it's a really funny show. I really, I really enjoy that. And I'm sad to see, I'm sad to see the American Power is leaving. I wonder how they're going to handle um uh, yeah 
their their relationship. I wonder how they're going to handle that. But um, but no, you, know, you can't take Nick's suggestion. No, no, no. <laughs> just want to talk about. <laughs> um, but yeah. So um, as far as me, what I got going on is it's nothing new personally. It's something that I've done before, and I'm just going through it again. But I've listened to Igor by Tyler the Creator a lot, mm-hmm. and I, I just I love it so much. And it's been a while since I've listened to it. I I, I had it on constant repeat when it first came out. And all that summer and everything and it was it was so good i saw him in concert in in houston um last year before the world ended and it was really <laughs> it was it was it was the last actually like trip i took and so it was really really nice and he was amazing in concert and so um i was just playing music in my car the other day and uh and uh, are we still friends came on and I was like, oh man that's such a good song and then i went another uh, day or so and then earthquake came on and I was like, oh my God, this is so good. And so I just end up putting the the album on 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 repeat, just going through it in my car. It's such a it's such a good album, so well such a such a well told story and such progression of of the relationship between him and 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 his and his love interest. And um and it's heartbreaking but optimistic. Um and 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 just 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 destroys you. it's such a good album. So I I, I've been listening to that a lot. And if you have not listened to Igor yet, please do so. Please, it's, it's, I'm not a very big rap person. And, and this really album isn't really a rap album, um, which is very contrary to what uh, Tyler, the creator, has done in his, his career. But, um, but yeah, that, that's, it's, one, it's probably right now my favorite album of all time because it's the only one that I can listen to from start to finish and love every single song. Yeah, he does the good raps. So he raps the well. He raps the well. Real quick, um, to just piggyback a little suggestion on uh, onto yours, um, there's a podcast called Dissect, um, and the guy who hosts the podcast takes albums and he dissects every single song in excruciating detail. And Tyler Creator's uh, Flower Boy album is one of Ooh. the options on there, but in between that, Igor actually dropped, so they have a middle. Uh, section where there's I think two episodes or it's either one long episode or two episodes where they dissect Igor um, but a first impression style of dissect because it just came out yeah and um, it's actually him and Anthony Fantano who's the, the needle drop wow. dissecting it yeah so if you're interested in at all if you like Igor a lot or Flower Boy or Tyler's work um, they, they get into it pretty good there so that's, that's so cool, cool. yeah they, there's a there's a I don't know what the YouTube channel is but there's a YouTube video I was watching the other day that did the same thing they listened to the entire album and they actually broke down the brilliance in the, in the, in the lyric, in the lyrics and in the music uh, for, for the entire album. And it was, it was, I mean, it's just absolutely brilliant. They did the same thing for Yeezus, that, that channel. I don't I feel so bad. I'm, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm talking about them. I don't know what their name is, but it's pretty, it was a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool uh, YouTube channel. So yeah, I, I watched that. It was really, really cool. Okay. Awesome. Well, all right. That is going to do it for us this week. Um, guys, thank you all so very much for listening to us. Uh, this was episode nine. I, I actually really enjoyed this format. I really yeah, enjoyed doing fun. this. I, I like being yeah. the moderators because I like controlling things. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, from, from us here, uh, this is Luke, who is taking over hosting duty from Nick today because why the hell not? Um, Eric? Thanks, guys, for listening. Appreciate it. Hope you guys have a great day, great week, great weekend. Uh, Be safe, make good choices, and we will see you all in the next time. Nick? Bye.
Nick's like, I'm not used to being on this side of things. <laughs> Silent protest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And this is, this is Luke. Guys, stay safe, stay healthy. I hope you guys, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you guys very much for listening. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast. Rate, review the podcast. Rate, review. Rate, review, and subscribe or follow the podcast on either Spotify and or Apple Music. Please. <laughs> please. Like Jonah Hill say please in uh, Moneyball. <laughs> <laughs> we right. out.